time it's lights out for another episode of the Breaking the Chain podcast where we will discuss everything from the Styrian Grand Prix. Here are some news stories off the track that have caught my eye over the past week. Big news coming out of Renault as they signed Fernando Alonso for 2021. Yes, Fernando is coming back to Formula 1. This is really exciting news as most of us will know the success that Renault and Alonso had in the mid-2000s. I just hope that Renault can give Alonso a good car for next year as in the past few years he's had to put up with some pretty unreliable cars. Two more tracks have been added to the 2020 race calendar in the forms of Mugello in Tuscany and Sochi in Russia. Now as we know, Sochi doesn't really provide that great of a race as it is usually just the one stop thanks to the low tyre degradation. Whereas Mugello is a complete unknown for the teams and their drivers, so it will be interesting to see how the cars do at a track like Mugello, and I personally can't wait for that race. Now on to the race weekend itself. In free practice 1, Ferrari fast-tracked some upgrades that were meant to be on the car for Hungary for this weekend, with a new front wing and new floor. They didn't get all the data they needed though, but more on that later. Williams again had problems on Latifi's car with a gearbox issue. I hope they get to have some more luck with reliability as they had reliability problems last weekend in the race with George Russell. Haas had more problems this time on Kevin Magnussen's side of the garage with a battery related issue. This is not good for them as they need to get the mileage on the car as they had a double DNF in the race last weekend. Racing Point were fastest in FP1 with Sergio Perez, setting a lap time of a 1 minute 4.867, which really just goes to show how much pace the pink Mercedes actually has. This is encouraging to see as in previous years they have not had as much pace as they do now. Just before the start of free practice 2, Lando Norris was handed a free place grid penalty for overtaking Pierre Gasly, under yellow flags as Latifi's car was stopped on track due to that gearbox issue. After completing just two laps in the session, Daniel Ricciardo had a massive crash at turn 9. He just sent on the car a bit too much at the entry and the car just said nope, not having that and he just lost the rear and hit the wall. Lots of drivers this weekend had their lap times deleted, particularly in FP2 with Stroll, Albon, Verstappen, Grosjean, Kvyat and Perez. And just for good measure, Vettel got two of his lap times deleted. I suspect that these drivers were pushing hard as there was a massive storm coming in overnight. If qualifying had to be cancelled and they couldn't get it run on Sunday, and if FP3 couldn't be run, these times from FP2 would have formed the grid for the race and therefore would have been critical. Luckily, this wasn't the case as qualifying was able to go ahead as scheduled, but more on that later. With the rain coming down on Saturday at the Red Bull Ring, FP3 was delayed indefinitely. Then the practice session was ultimately cancelled because it was too wet. We saw the teams come up with some interesting ways to pass the time, including a game of Connect 4 on Twitter between Williams and Mercedes. 
The start of qualifying was delayed by 46 minutes due to the torrential rain that was hammering the circuit. It was the first wet session of the season so we got to see how the drivers coped in the treacherous conditions. After being fast in the dry and topping FP1, Sergio Perez was knocked out in Q1 for racing point. It was not a great session for the team with Lance Stroll getting knocked out in Q2. Antonio Giovinazzi had a crash in Q1 as he lost the rear of his Alfa Romeo going into Turn 10. As it was wet, the car just slid across the track. But in doing this, he hit his rear wing and a little bit of it actually came back onto the track and proved to be a little obstacle for the drivers. Williams finally got through to Q2 with George Russell finishing Q1 in 12th with a lap time of 1 minute 20.328. At the end of Q2, George was only 900 of a second getting into Q3. And that just shows how much of a step forward Williams have made compared to last year. The roles were reversed at Ferrari with Charles Leclerc getting knocked out in Q2 rather than Sebastian Vettel. And to add salt to the wound, Charles was given a three-place grid penalty for impeding Daniel Kvyat in that same session. Finally, some classic Kimi. When he was asked on Thursday where he thought the team could improve, he just gave a classic Kimi answer of around the lap. Obviously, you can always improve around there. I hope Kimi stays in F1 forever. It won't be as funny once he's stopped racing. And now to the race itself. Lewis Hamilton was joined in taking knee by the majority of his fellow drivers with some drivers again opting to stand. And as at last week's Austrian GP, all 20 drivers again wore t-shirts featuring the words end racism, with Hamilton's also saying Black Lives Matter on the front. The start was fairly clean until he got to turn 3 and that was where it went good to bad for one team in particular. There was chaos at Ferrari as Charles Leclerc went over the curb at turn 3 and clattered into the rear wing of his teammate. Vettel had to retire at the end of lap 1 and then Charles retired 2 laps later on lap 3. It was a disastrous day for the Scuderia so let's hear from Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel as they talk to Sky Sports F1 about what happened. Well I uh, apologised obviously uh, excuses are not, uh, yeah, are not enough in times like this and uh, yeah I am just uh, disappointed in myself. I've done a uh, very bad job today. I let the team down. Uh, yeah, I can only be sorry, even though I know it's not enough. And uh, I, I hope I will learn from this and, and we'll come back stronger for the, for the next races. But it's a tough time for the team. We don't need that. The team doesn't don't need that. And uh, and I put uh, all the efforts of the team uh, in the bin. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry, but it's not enough again. Seba, what's your point of view on one? What happened on track with your teammate today? Well, I I was fighting two other cars. We were already three cars into turn uh, three. And then, uh, yeah, I was very surprised because I had the inside and I wasn't uh, uh, expecting uh, Charles to, to try something. So, um, yeah, I don't think there was any space, you know. Uh, so, obviously a big pity, something that we, uh, we, uh, we should avoid, but um, not much that I could have done uh, differently I was just uh, taking it easy and conservative because it was already very busy it's a hairpin it's very tight 
and just trying to place my car for the next straight. But uh, by then I I realized that I had quite some damage on the car. Do you think he was too optimistic? Well, I don't think there was pace. So uh, obviously that's why I think we collided. Ross Braun has commented on what was a weekend to forget for Ferrari, saying that the team have a long road ahead of them. He also said that their drivers committed a cardinal sin by colliding and forcing both cars out of the race in the opening laps. I agree with Ross Braun on this, as Ferrari are historically a lot faster. They need to get their car fixed, otherwise they could finish 5th in the Constructors' Championship where they are now or even lower. Like Williams, it is always a shame to see a classic feature of F1 like Ferrari struggling given their investment, history, commitment and fanbase. Whilst I'm sure they will bounce back, this and the Williams situation just go to show how fickle F1 can be. And perhaps we will see more shakeups like this as we enter the new era of change and updated regulations. Renault had cooling problems last weekend on Daniel Ricciardo's car and those problems struck again. But this time it was on Esteban Ocon's car. I just hope they can get these problems fixed and they don't have another retirement in Hungary next weekend. Lando Norris has already scored half the amount of points that he had in the whole of 2019, which was 49. This just goes to show how much of a step forward McLaren have made with the drivers able to really challenge the top three teams and even get the occasional podium. Lewis Hamilton had a wicked weekend, first by getting polled by a huge 1.2 seconds from Max Verstappen with a 119.273 in the wet. This is just outstanding and just shows how comfortable Lewis feels in the wet. In the race he was untouchable with a gap of nearly 14 seconds to his teammate Valtteri Bottas in second place. After the race it was reported that Renault have protested against Racing Point for breaching some very complicated sporting regulations. This basically translates to Renault suggesting that Racing Point are using a design for their brake ducts that allows cooling for their brakes, which features elements that have not been designed by themselves. The stewards have decided to make the protest admissible, which means that those particular parts of Racing Point RP20 car and significantly the 2019 Mercedes W10 from last year, on which the 2020 Racing Point car is based, will need to be taken away and analysed. Racing Point have since hit back at Renault for lodging the protests, calling the team misconceived and poorly informed. Racing Point said in a statement that they are extremely disappointed to see the results questioned. They also said in the statement, as they have said from the start of this year, prior to the start of the season, the team cooperated with the FIA and satisfactorily addressed all questions regarding the origins of the design to the RP20. I'm not sure how this is going to unfold with it being so complicated and I worry that this is the sort of technical wrangling outside the racing that puts many people off Formula 1. I guess it is part and parcel of the sport and has always been a factor. Some of you may even be old enough to remember James Hunt's disqualification and then reinstatement when his car was deemed too wide but it doesn't make for exciting entertainment. So, after what was a pretty good race, Lewis Hamilton won it for Mercedes. 
Lewis, that was a hi. That was a pretty dominant display this weekend. You have a ha habit of turning around weekends like last weekend into sublime performances. How do you do it? Uh, with great difficulty. But um, when there's a will, there's a way. I think the, the last weekend definitely was psychologically um, challenging to have the, the penalties and then to be called in the stewards on the Sunday morning and just before the race and get another you know, penalty and, uh, and another, another one in the race. So it's, um, that was definitely not, it's never easy, but there's nothing you can do about the past. All you can do is, is focus and channel your energy to the, to the future. So I just made sure I stayed here, uh, trained well, ate well, slept well, and, um, and worked hard with, with Bono and the guys to, to understand where last weekend went wrong and corrected it this weekend. So this is, honestly, this is a, a track that I've, I don't know why there are tracks that some drivers are stronger and stronger than others, but this is one of my weak circuits. So to, to get a performance like this today, I, I, I'm over the moon, I'm so happy. But I do also know that it's a long way to go. Valtteri Bottas came home in second, making the first one to the season for Mercedes. Valtteri, how was that? You're standing here, you're still leading the championship, but I guess it shows that Saturdays might be pretty important this year. Yeah, for sure, Saturdays. Always, when it's going to be a dry race, is important. But uh, you know, obviously, yesterday was not ideal for, from my side. So uh, today was a bit of a damage limitation. So I think in the end, it's not bad. Could have been worse. So and yeah, first one, two for us as a, as a team. That's obviously really strong. Um, yeah, take the learnings, move on. With Max Verstappen rounding out the podium in third for Red Bull. Max, you tried to keep Valtteri at bay. You tried to get between those two Mercedes for as long as you possibly could, but it was just too much in the end. Yeah, we are just too slow. I mean, I, I pushed as hard as I could to try and stay with Lewis, um, but yeah, it's it's not possible. We uh, we have some work to do. Um, yeah, at the end, uh, of course, with Valtteri, I could see him coming, so my ties were pretty dead. So I, I, I mean, up until then, for me, it was a really boring race. Um, just seeing Lewis, of course, pulling away, and I was just trying to do my own pace. Um, so yeah, one lap of fighting with, with Valtteri was cool, but of course I knew the, the lap afterwards he was going to pass me anyway. Um, but at least a bit of excitement is good. It's turning into a really interesting season already after a bit of a false start. And I can't wait to see what the next couple of races, the compressed format and the introduction of new tracks will do. I might be a bit biased, but I reckon Lewis and Mercedes will deal with whatever is thrown at them and come out on top. But we will see as this is F1 and you never know until the last checkered flag is waved. And in some cases, not even until after the stewards have packed up and gone home. So we've reached the checkered flag. I hope you will enjoy this episode and I look forward to catching you all next week for the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs>